0: You know, we're going to launch on this date. And I'm like, do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Okay, can we move that date back? No, it has to be this day. And I'm like, why?
1: Podcast Junkies, episode number 18. That means we're legal. Well, in some countries, at least. Okay, we're back. Hopefully you enjoyed last episode, the solo show, uh, out of straight out of London. I'm not even gonna attempt a English accent because I always screw it up and I sound like a kid from Oliver, um, and that's probably not what's <laughs> what I intended. But my next guest is uh, no doesn't have any qualms, if you will, about uh, putting on an English accent, even um, at, at the risk of sounding a bit silly. He's Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. I'm so happy to have uh, had the chance to interview him. He was a uh, real joy to speak with, and he just does some amazing things with his show. He's up to episode 400 plus, and his his, his uh, enthusiasm for podcasting is ongoing, unbridled, and definitely contagious. So he also does a fantastic job of editing his show. And if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend School of Podcasting. And what he does that's very interesting, and not a lot of podcasters do this because of the work involved, and it just shows his commitment to putting out a quality show. He edits commentary into the show while it's going on. And I think that's fantastic. And it's sort of a play-by-play. Knowing how much work that that goes into editing i i imagine what a bear this must be and as i was going through the editing of this show i thought you know what i'm gonna give it a shot so this episode introduces a bit of play-by-play as my homage to dave jackson um and the inspiration he provides i don't think I'm, i'm doing his version any justice but uh it's fun to do um and it'll give you an idea of what my thoughts were as i was listening to this show hope you enjoy it okay um my my next guest is uh dave jackson does anyone call you action jackson
0: i have in the past the, the fun thing with your last name is jackson i've heard every michael jackson joke because yeah. i had lucky me i had five people in my family um there are other things uh, is this a clean comedy is this a, a clean thing no because there are all sorts of jacks that you can jack you know yeah, on, yeah, yeah. off <laughs> etc so i've had all sorts of different names uh yeah no
1: so far i haven't been slapped by the uh and the profanity police yeah and so uh, yeah i think we're good we're good for now unless unless it gets out of, out of control and i could always bleep those out that's right <laughs> so podcasting since april 2005 thank you so much for coming on podcast junkies
0: oh, dude i am stoked to be here <laughs> so
1: i mean as uh uh, the audience knows I, I'm obviously a fan of podcasts, starting with music, and then I realized um, there was a, another whole venue of podcasting. Interestingly enough, you started a week after I got married. Wow. <laughs> so you've been podcasting as long as I've been married.
0: There you go. Well, that's good.
1: <laughs> so that's good. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, this is the, then I think about, wow, all that time that I, I really wasn't aware of this other world of podcasting that was not music-related, because normally DJs, because I've been DJing for a long time and I used to make podcasts, for me a podcast was strictly music. Um, and to find this other, um, other world that you guys obviously knew about um, since way back in 2005 is pretty exciting, and uh, it's a whole rabbit hole. I'm getting to speak to a lot of interesting people like yourself, so I'm, I'm pretty honored.
0: Oh, that's, I'm just a dude, man. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, going back to the very first media expo was wild because it was like a bad episode of cheers because of course we all met in the hotel bar and the minute somebody would walk in and be like, Hey, what's your name? And he'd be like, Cece Chapman. And we all go, Cece. It was like, (laughs) Oh, it's like we all knew each other. It was cool.
1: So you all, you knew, you all knew each other from, uh, by name and just not by face.
0: Yeah, by name but not by face, because we were listening to their each other's show. So yeah. we kind of had this idea. And in some cases, you go to their website and somebody had a picture, things like that. But there really just weren't that many shows. So, you know, there's real reviews and, and Rob Walsh from Podcast 411 and Cece and, you know, just a few. And it was like you'd walk in and if you didn't know them, it was kind of like, well, wow, okay, you must be new or something like that. So
1: so needless to say, when I go to Podcast Movement and I meet Dave Jackson, I'm going to say, hey, Dave, it's me, Harry from Podcast Junkies. Remember me? And then he'll be like,
0: yeah, Harry, what's up? And the the hilarious thing was even at the very first one, I was like, how can we monetize this thing? And people thought I was the, people thought I was the devil.
1: No, it's funny, because uh, you think about the first time anyone tries to monetize anything. Uh, I think there was a big hullabaloo when someone tried to put the first ad on, on the Internet. or something. Yeah. I remember there was a big deal about that, but uh, eventually it all goes down that path, and everyone cries when Facebook's got an ad and Twitter's got, Twitter's got an ad. It's all the same yeah. thing.
0: We want everything for free. And and yet somehow when I go to the grocery store and smile at them, they they don't accept that as payment. So I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> Eventually they will. Someone will figure yeah. out. Someone will figure out an app for that.
0: <laughs> They'll recognize you by your teeth.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just pull it from your bank account. <laughs> so what what was it initially? Do you remember like what drew you and what were you listening to at the time?
0: I had been doing a uh, a newsletter for musicians yeah. uh, at the time. And they started coming out with these little streaming buttons you could put on your website. And so I started recording things with a really horrible, like, suction cup that you put on a telephone. Have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah, yeah, exact... yeah. I do
1: remember those. Yeah. Oh,
0: they were a horrible audio thing. But I was calling up, you know, uh, people that either were on their way up in the music business or on their way down. And I instantly saw just putting audio of the same exact content that was on my website got more interaction with people. And so, uh, a friend of mine who was like a big internet marketing guy uh, came back from some convention, and I had it tells you how long ago it was—I completely missed the MySpace boat. <laughs> and uh, he said, "You know, you missed MySpace." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, don't don't rub it in." And he said, "Man, I, I just came back from this thing. You got to get into this thing. It's called podcasting." And I was just like, "What?" You know? And I just remember googling it, and there was like maybe a page, a page and a half. This was like late 2004, and uh, so I tried to piece this part one together. And I never will forget the first time there was a program called Juice. It was like one of the first podcatchers. And uh, first of all, I, I installed it, and the voice I heard coming out of it was Adam Curry. He yeah. was this guy from the 80s and one of the guys that helped invent podcasting. I'm like, hey, this is cool. I know that guy. And the minute I, I got a file to go up and then come back down, I was like, oh, this is this is going to be cool. And uh, yeah, at that point, I was just hooked. And I just started taking my newsletter at the time and turned it into a podcast. And probably within... Two to three weeks, I got my first voicemail from a guy in Germany. And not making it up, I literally almost fell out of my chair. And when I, I hit play and I like hear the hi, Dave, this is Michael Van Laar from Nuremberg, Germany. And I was just like, whoa.
1: Okay, wait a minute. Th- that just tells you exactly what an impact this listener had. He remembers the guy's name, which I think is really cool.
0: And because uh, it's just me next to the water heater in the basement, you yeah, know? Yeah, And And uh, that's when I was like, oh, that's, that's like the given the. You know, the, when you it, you see in the movies, right? The the drug dealers always give the first one for free, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's it. I'm I'm hooked, man." It's yeah. <laughs> and and that's just what I knew. So at that point, every passion in my life became a podcast. So.
1: Yeah, and it's—I it's, guess uh, you could say—you've really gravitated towards it because it kind of fits. From what I've been and you know, obviously been listening to your show, and you know, someone's a good host when you you smile and you're in a room by yourself and you listen to a podcast, and it's just you in the room. And if anyone were to look, be looking at you through the window, they'd be like, wow, this guy's like laughing to himself in the room." And I've had that happen on several occasions with good podcasts, and I've <laughs> had the pleasure of doing it with yours because I'm like, "Man, this guy's crazy."
0: I am. I I try to. Uh... Uh, you know, for me, my my day job that I still have and people are like, oh, it's, it's so bad that you can't quit your day job. And I'm like, I kind of like my day job. Uh, I had a great class today. I was teaching five people Microsoft PowerPoint, you know, and but at the end of the class, they're like, that was awesome. Woo!
1: So when was the last time you taught something and that was the reaction you got? It just speaks to passion in what you do, no matter what it is.
0: So um, I've been a teacher for 20 plus years. I mean, I actually taught a class on how to surf the Internet because people didn't know what it was. I mean, I've been around for a while. So I get to scratch my teacher's itch. Um, I've always been a geek. I've been making websites back in the day with uh, Front Page. Oh, yeah. I remember remember that. Yeah. And then the fact that it's creative um, kind of scratches my artiste amount because I'm a guitar player. So the fact that I can kind of uh, be creative, be a geek, and yet be educational at the same time uh to me it it is it's just something that i just love and then i've always been kind of weird anyway and or, or wacky um and uh so i had a niece who when she graduated from high school already had a 2 year degree she's kind of like you ever have one of those kids that's like kind of spooky smart <laughs> yeah 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 and the reason was when she was like 2 or 3 she could already read because we, My brother bought her like some, you know, Roger Rabbit teaches reading or whatever, and she's in there having a blast not realizing that she's learning stuff. And so I just at the time uh, thought, wait a minute, if you can make learning fun, it doesn't seem so much like school. And so I've always tried to just, A, not take myself too seriously, and uh, anything I can do to, to make things kind of fun, I, I do. I try – the thing I try not to do, I, I, unless on occasion I've tried a couple of these, but usually I'm not trying to be funny. Like usually if you try really hard, then you turn like Shecky the podcaster and it's just not you're like, Yeah, that's not gonna work. Well,
1: it's so funny, because I can relate sometimes um I'm with friends and I can make like one or two laugh and I'm like, Wow, I must I must have the comic gene. I'm I'm gonna jump on stage and I wanna be a comedian and, and I've seen enough friends try it and crash and burn to know that it, just because you can make uh, be situationally funny doesn't mean you can actually make a career out of it. So
0: Yeah, i I almost one time got up at a uh uh open mic night for that. And I, I realized that I had a solid two minutes and I went, that's not going to be enough. I'm going to yeah. go up to, the, I might hit one out of the, the ballpark, but uh, after that, it's going to be like, so what about this airplane food? <laughs> huh? You know, it's like, I'm uh, going to go to all of the cliches. So
1: yeah, because well, I don't know if you heard about the Jerry Seinfeld uh, documentary. He was talking about how he went back on the road and he was just trying to build back up his material. And he had to do it in like one to two minute in, like uh, increments and he would just try a bit out and it would crash and burn. And he, I think being Jerry Seinfeld gets you only so far and he would get uh, the initial audience. But then he'd have to work for those next two, three minutes to to, to work on that uh, that bit that he was working on. I think eventually before he was able to make a whole show out of it.
0: That is a phenomenal movie. If you haven't watched it, it makes you realize just how good content is not a mistake.
1: So it's not exactly an excerpt from the movie, but I I did find an interesting interview that uh, Jerry had on the New York Times website. I'll provide a link to that as well.
0: I like the first line to be funny right away. When I was a kid and they invented the Pop-Tart, the back of my head blew right off. And that that got the whole thing started, that a specific part of my head blew off, not just my head, but just the back. It was the 60s, and we had toast. We had orange juice that was frozen years in advance that you had to hack away at with a knife to get a couple of drops, and it felt like you were committing a murder before you got on your school bus. Well, you get the idea. Now back to Dave. It's something that's worked on, And, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth, uh, worth watching. And somebody asked me the other day, they said, how much time do you spend on show prep? And I'm like, let's see, I sleep seven hours a day. So seventeen hours because I'm always looking at stuff going oh is could I how does that apply to podcasting or things like that which kind of drives my wife nuts there are times when she's like can you please just be here you know and I'm like okay I'm sorry and I'll I'll, I'll focus for a bit but uh, it is one of those things I'm always looking and I'm always reading and, yeah. and my wife's idea of relaxation is doing nothing and I have a really hard time doing absolutely just, let's just sit here and sit on a swing and hold hands. It's like, uh, it's, it's hard for me to,
1: to turn that off. <laughs> You're not at that age yet.
0: No, no. <laughs> not at all. No. Uh,
1: so it's, yeah, it's interesting when you say that there's a lot going on because I know a lot of, I know Rob Walsh likes to think about, uh, he's mentioned it on, on, I think on the Libsyn podcast that there's no renaissance podcasting has been around since 2005. It's just continuously been going strong. And maybe it's just because I jumped into it at, at, at this point, but it seems like there's sort of a little bit of a, a rebirth or an interest and, you know, call it what you will, um, the John Lee effect or the Pat Flynn effect or, or you guys had him on uh, Podcasters Roundtable, um, mm-hmm. which was interesting as well. But it, do you see that, like uh, just this resurgence in interest in podcasting?
0: Yeah, it's – they're different waves. When uh, – like the first wave was all the geeks got on board, you know, and you, and you had the Leo Laports go in because it was – I mean, just consuming podcasts was – you know, you had to you know, hold your nose and tap your – it was ridiculous, The the things you had to go through to plug this in, and it was ridiculous. So that was the first wave. And then um a lot of people forget this one for a while there was a big uh, a little mini wave of language podcasts all of a sudden it was like really cool that you know you could learn French and Spanish and all this other stuff and they started putting up websites and then the comedians came the Mark Marin effect right and then everybody every single comedian and it's kind of funny cuz after a while all they're doing is interviewing each other yeah 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 and uh so then and then enter the one the only John Lee Dumas and everybody's like wait you can't do a daily show and that's the, the thing they don't realize is That was, like, groundbreaking at the time. And the fact that, A, that guy is just intense. And, yeah, I'll have to agree with uh, Dave on that. I had John back
1: on episode number six, and this little excerpt just uh, talks about that moment he had when he figured out uh, what he was going to do his podcast on. What else is out there? What are other opportunities? And luckily for me, one of my friends and uh, neighbors at the time said, well, go, go check out a podcast. You know, this was like back in 2010. Yeah. I was like, well, what's a podcast? And I quickly learned and quickly became a raving fan. And for the next two years, I just consumed, I never produced, but finally, you know, while I was making that commute, running out of these great shows, like Pat Flynn only produced a show every two weeks. So I went through all of his content for two years and like two months. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, Where's that daily podcaster?
0: He's a, a- such a cool dude and so everybody's trying to copy his like it's a formula and it's 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 not if if that was if it was that easy we'd have like 50 million Beatles, right or or you know whatever led zeppelin or van halen it just doesn't work that way and so but the other thing that's been really happening is along the way yet itunes uh make it easy to subscribe to a podcast um uh, for a while it was one click thank you apple now it's up to 3 but it used to be one click subscription that was awesome that was about 2009 and now recently with the the phone you know the podcast app coming out that that created a nice little ripple and you're right you're right now right? ready looking at you're looking at a wave and it's kind of funny because you may not realize it but when that podcast app comes out on iOS i'm expecting another big wave because everybody's going to go, what is? I keep hearing about this podcast stuff. What is it? And they're going to click on it and figure it out, and uh, that's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's probably so, even even more important to be at the top of that list. I don't know. I mean, everyone thinks they can um, change the, the algorithm or, or play with it to get into new and noteworthy. And I know it's overrated. And, and I know you're 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 of the opinion that that eight week um, window to get into new and worth new and noteworthy is is really a, a bunch of a bunch of bull.
0: Well, it's – what it is is it should be renamed, Um, and this is from from Rob Walsh from from Libsyn. Apparently, you have eight weeks to get into new. Yeah. You have infinity to get into Noteworthy. Yeah, that makes sense. So – but yeah, everybody's like – it it really depends on your genre. I mean, I've seen – I had one client of mine that got into new and Noteworthy with one episode. So the whole you have to have three, no. But she had a really successful blog, and she went to everybody she knew and said, hey, go listen to this and subscribe. So – you can get in with one episode if you have, you know, an audience already. And, um, you know, and, and her numbers did go up quite a bit. But I've seen other people in kind of a, it was health, right, and and fitness. So that's a huge genre. Yeah. And I had somebody else that get on a new and noteworthy, and I think they got a, a bump of a couple of hundred. And, again, I'm not to say only a hundred, but when you compare it to a couple thousand, it's, it's lesser. So it really depends in some cases on... Uh, you know what your niche is and things like that it is going to be a bump and any bump is a good bump but uh i think in the end so many people focus on the promotion and i've got to get new and noteworthy and they haven't taken the time to um to really make that wow content so that now you get found and people are like oh, okay i'm gonna hear this wow cool it's got a great artwork and then you listen to it and you're like meh yeah. it's all right you know and then they don't come back so it's uh I sometimes wonder where the fire is. I get a lot of people that are, you know, we're going to launch on this date. And I'm like, do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Okay. Can we move that date back? No, it has to be this day. And I'm like, why you know, <laughs> let's get it right first it's so.
1: almost like it's almost like they've got the pieces in place that are not as important you know they, they think they have a, a cool name and like you said the artwork um and probably one of the most important things is the content because i, I know you give uh, you tell your listeners hey give me three listens and then you know you decide for yourself if i'm just a little too out there for you or if you want to stick along for the ride
0: and, and for the record i stole that i completely that's not my idea that's uh, i got that from a guy and the reason i say that is because it worked for me there's a guy on the radio he does sports Have you ever heard of jim rome yeah he used to be huge he moved to another network and like fell off the the dial i can't find him anymore but he was another guy he kind of talks weird he, he calls his listeners clones and has all this weird kind of verbiage that once you listen for a while it's almost like another language and he used to say look i'm not for everybody but if you can give me three listens you'll either love me or hate me. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's a good point. I had, uh, I do a, a podcast on Saturday mornings called ask the podcast coach. And my mm-hmm. co co-ho- my co host one day said, yeah, Dave, you're kind of an acquired taste. And he said, you know, sometimes it's, it's, he goes, I didn't quite get you at first, but he said, I listened for a couple episodes and I went, oh wow, this, this guy's pretty cool. And that just triggered the Jim Rome thing. And I went, I got to start telling people, listen to, uh, listen to, give me three episodes. And if, if I'm not your cup of tea, then thank you so much for giving me three tries. But, uh, I try to keep it um, – when I record, like right now I'm, I'm looking at you here on the camera, and when I record, I picture you sitting right on the other side of my desk here, and I always try to talk like I'm talking to one person. I, I just take it from there. I, I have my notes that I want to cover. There are a few shows that I've done where I don't have notes, and I always go back and go, man, i got to quit doing that because I just – I'm so ADD. I'm all over the place. So I always try to have some sort of path, and I try to think about, okay, what, what's the takeaway – Of the show, and uh, you know, try to focus on that and get in, hit the topic, and and get out, and hopefully in an entertaining fashion, and and go from there. Of all the interviews I've done so far, I
1: I think this was an interesting point that a guest brought up, and he actually put it into into concrete example. And when he said, "Hey, I'm looking at you, and the way I'm talking to you now during this interview is the way you should be." conducting your shows, uh, envisioning that you're talking to your guest right at that moment. And that really hit home. I thought that was a, a pretty Im- uh, important um, point he was making there. Yeah, I think one of the ones that jumped at him was when uh, you were rounding, uh, rounding up the, the episode and then you switched into your preacher voice. Yeah. And- <laughs> And I was like, ah, this guy's interesting. Okay, I get it. I mean, he's 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 not he he doesn't take himself too seriously. I think you like to say that life's too short not to have fun.
0: Yeah, I said life's too important to be taken seriously. I have a plaque around here with that somewhere. And there are times when I think to myself, you know, I might be costing myself. Business Somebody might say, "Oh, this guy's a little too goofy i'm I'm really serious about my podcasting, and this guy seems a little left to center and i'm like you know i, I would I can see that, but on the other hand, if you work with me, we're going to create great content, and we're also going to have fun while we 're doing it and so and it's to me, you just got to be me, and I guess i could I could try to be calm and talk about podcasting, and I'm like, that's just not me so that's and, for pe-
1: and, that's for people that want to uh, create an nPR podcast, I guess right.
0: That's it, absolutely. <laughs> and I did it. Did have you heard the NPR episode? I, I did one where I had interviewed like five people, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, how am I going to squeeze this into one episode?" So you know how NPR takes clips and things like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, and I did the whole podcast like this. Okay, here here we hear how Ken said this, and blah blah blah, blah. and then I play a clip. Actually, I'm working on another one. I'm, that was I'm,
1: a, inter- that was a recent one, I think, right?
0: Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. So and it's and that's not really something that I I sit back and think you know, okay, this month I'm going to do this wacky thing or that thing. It's just in that case, I interviewed two people and kind of had another half a person in the can and was like, oh man, how am I going to fit this in here? I can't, you know, this is going to be like a two hour podcast. And so I listened to each one and took notes on like what each answer was. And it really is a huge amount of work. But in the end, I've had so many people say that was a really cool episode. I'm like, there's no way I can do that every week. I'd I'd have to quit my job and (laughs) <laughs> Things like that,
1: yeah, because a lot of people uh, are f- fans of um, the the NPR podcast Radio Lab. Okay, definitely going into uncharted waters here. I found a clip of Jad Abumrad, who's the host of Radio Lab, talking about the process, which uh, continues to fascinate me. Early on, it, it occurred to me that storytelling is a deeply musical act, and I set it up and. turned Three, two, one. You're using your voice to kind of go up and down. You're playing with things like pitch and contour and rhythms. I just kind of took that to its logical extreme in the making of the show. Generally, what I will do is I'll sit there at the computer, microphone. This conversation they're having just started over. I'll sort of write and edit and compose and score the thing. all at once. I'll do a lot of weird kind of uh, blending of words and music to create those very strange landscapes that are, that the stories exist within. Because for me, it's like these stories, they're about discovery, they're about newness. And so I'm trying to create these sound design embodiments of the like feeling of exploration, which is about like, ooh, what's what's around the corner? And I mean, the production value on on that is just off the charts. I mean, I I can't imagine. I, I know you like to say there's four minutes of prep for each minute of content, but when you listen to what those guys do, I, it must be like an, an hour yeah, for each. Yeah, four five hours minutes. of prep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I want to do. I'm, I'm working on this another one that's that's coming up, and I probably won't be out till probably September. But one of the things I want to do is I'm going to track every second I take doing that because just so I can say, all right, if you're going to do a show like this, it's more like you know ten minutes per per one minute of podcast.
1: Yeah, it depends on, on how polished you want it to be, and yeah. what I was taken aback with um, was when you did the episode on editing, and it was interesting because you said, okay, I'm going to take you through a whole my my, my editing um, time, and I'm going to show you what I'm doing, and I'll play some of the stuff that I normally wouldn't leave in the podcast, and I'll show you exactly where I'm making the cuts, and as you start going through that, I was like, wow, this guy is super editor, because you you, you were cutting out slices that probably most people leave in i know there's there's both sides and people some people like to leave more of the ums in they think it's more natural and some people probably cut them to an extreme where it feels like people aren't breathing but yeah it was it was just interesting to hear how quickly you were doing a lot of that editing on the fly and mixing it into into the show at the same time
0: yeah one of the things i've done is when i first started out with podcasting and uh I wanted to kind of fill up my schedule. I had consulting that I was doing. I had the membership going. I'm like, hmm, I still got a little extra time here. And so I just offered to people, hey, if you need a, an editor, and I went over to like Odesk and a couple other places and and got some clients. that I still do their shows. And so when you start, if you have somebody that says, I want you to take out the ums and your nose and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Because number one, the meter's running the whole time you're doing that. But on the other hand, I can I can see an um coming. I, I know what it looks like. And so you just get used to going in, and, and you kind of – um, identify what I call a low hanging fruit. And, um, you know, you pull that out and then it's, you get the other ones where for me, I, I talk so fast sometimes when I get excited that I just run words together and you're trying to cut out one little word. And that's when you're like, Nope, that's too hard. I don't want to dig out the scalpel. We'll just let that one go. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm working. That's what my speech is going to be on. My talk at uh, podcast movement is kind of based on that episode. Cause originally they said, um, uh, when I was asked to speak at podcast movement. They said, submit some ideas. So I submitted a bunch and then they didn't, I didn't hear anything back. So, um, I actually pulled that episode. That was actually, that's a good chunk of what my speech is going to be like at podcast movement. I'm going to add some new stuff to it. Uh, but, um, we're going to talk about that. Like, okay, do I need to edit? Do I not need to edit? Things like that. And I think there's, there's times when you do and times when you don't.
1: Do you feel, do you feel like it's something that, uh, Obviously, you're getting better at it as you go through the over the course of the years. Do you do you see that it was a conscious movement to do more of that as as you progressed in terms of your episodes?
0: In in theory, you would think I would have to do less because I was getting better at it. I, I think it all comes down to show prep. The more I'm I'm doing things on the fly, or if I have, uh, uh, you just you go through a, a period. Like right there, I just went, uh, 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 period. Now I might cut that out or not.
1: Okay, Dave. I was tempted to take that out, but I thought I'd leave it in there just to to prove a point that not everything is perfect and you have to look for those opportunities when when they come and and then just make the call on your own.
0: And so the more prepared you are, the more you know what you're going to say and the more your, your brain doesn't have to scramble. My problem is my brain is always about five seconds in front of my mouth so I'm trying to get those in sync, and a lot of it is when I talk about podcasting, I just get so pumped up that you know I'm, I'm breathing heavy, and, and I'm ready to go, and I'm excited. I can't wait to tell you about this, that everything just goes out the window, and so you end up with your your brain and your mouth are completely out of sync, and for me, I don't know what inspired me to just start editing. I just was listening one day, and I was like, oh, I said something and was like, um, and I went. Oh, that's easy to pull out. So, and then I use a a program, Sony Sound Forge, that I found that you can speed up. It, you do get the chipmunk effect, but you can still kind of understand it. And I went, "Hey, I can listen at almost two x and pull this out." So, I just wanted to give
1: you a quick example of what Dave is talking about from his recent show on editing.
0: So, one of those things in here is this is what I call low hanging fruit, and it's this. That was so. Here again is him talking again. I saw. That was, yeah. that was what There's my thinking one was. Uh, now that's an example right there of something I might keep because in some cases it's a, uh, but it's also right next to a of the last word. Uh, so you have to kind of cut close to the bone to get that. Uh, there we go. So if I cut that out and my, again, this has to sound like it's unedited. So if I listen to this now. So it's, it's the, uh, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that it's, that was, that was what my thinking was. So you can hear that's Mark trying to get his thought together. And I do that all the time. Back to the interview. And so depending on what my schedule is, sometimes I go through and pull it out and sometimes I don't. Like I just interviewed uh, Pat Flynn and the interview itself is pretty much spot on, except in the middle, Pat was being Pat and just like just dropping the golden nuggets. And he got done with his answer. And I was so enthralled in what he was saying. I had no idea what I was going to say next. And so I just like, all right, we're gonna pause for ten seconds because I need to figure out what I'm gonna ask you. And I was like, I'll pull that out later, you know. So, so there are all sorts of things you can do to speed that whole thing up. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. And I tend to leave more of that stuff in. I don't
1: know if you listened to the interview I had with Elsie, and I, her baby was crying. And I was like, I'm yeah. just gonna leave that in because I mean, I, I, and maybe because I get away with it because of the show. And I, I think it's like an inside baseball thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people get an idea of like what, I think people like to know what goes on in, in folks heads as, as we're talking through this and it is, you know, it's not going to be perfect because if you're in a room and it's just, they, they were to walk in and be like, Hey, Dave and Harry talking about podcasting, it's not like every moment of that is going to be perfectly edited either. So
0: yeah, one of the things I, I do on occasion is I have a, if I have a, an enormous amount of, of bloopers or whatever, yeah. I, will th- I will throw them at the end. And uh, I've had people say, man, I'm so glad you did that because I thought you were, like, not human. And I'm like, oh, no, trust me, I'm very human. Yeah. And uh, I'll be – and usually it's the beginning of the show. That's the one thing I don't write out. So I'll be like, today on episode number 419, we're going to be talking with Pat Flynn about his business and – no that's not what we're going to wait Elgin so it's always the intro that I kind of make up on the spot and that's the one I usually end up just tripping over my tongue or whatever and I'm like and so I'll throw that at the end I'm like all right and I'll put some funny comedy music over it and things like that and people seem to think that's funny that listen to Dave he can't talk either so
1: he's just like me you mentioned you went to uh the tonight show Jay Leno yeah and you you, you noticed that they, they actually did the same thing right he came out and uh, and did his started his monologue and he's like ah no, no second take
0: yeah it was just weird it's like nah, nah nah whatever his music was you know and it's the jay Leno show and here he comes and like wow there's jay and it was like right in the middle of his first joke he's like I-, and i don't know if they went to go to like the new card because i couldn't see what happened but i don't know if it was like the next cue card or something but he's just like all right we're gonna do this again and off he went back behind the curtain and i was like wow that's kind of cool so it's, it's that behind the scenes stuff that always uh seems to work over the over the the course of uh the, the years that you've
1: been doing the podcasting, has there been a conscious effort to do um, a, a regular mix of interviews and solo shows or does that just evolve over time?
0: Uh, probably around episode 200, it just dawned on me. I had gone to a, uh, a new media expo and I always do lots of interviews. Anytime I get in front of podcasters, I'm like, cool, just suck the brain out. suck the brain out of your brain. Yeah. Suck the uh, intelligence out of your brain and find out what people are doing. That's working and what's not doing. And, all of a sudden, the interviews were kind of running out, and it was just like, okay, now what do I talk about? You know, you can talk about the latest news, but can I say buy an Audio Technica 2100 again? I've already heard that. And so it's, I'm always worried about, um, you know, it, how do I repeat myself? And in some cases, because more and more people are getting into podcasting, you know, you need to say these things because there are so many people that if I had a nickel for every time somebody said, oh, I wish I would have found you about a month ago because they've got the super expensive microphone and they bought a bunch of equipment that they don't need and they're they're just doing things. And I'm like, no, no, here, let me show you this and let me show you why you don't need that. And um, so I just started interviewing other people. Um, I just had a guy on my last episode who put his media on his web host he was using dreamhost for his website. Well, I've been telling people for years this is a really bad idea. I've talked to I've talked to HostGator, I've talked to Bluehost. Nobody will give you a number, but I'm telling you eventually it's going to cause a problem. Well, this guy contacted me, he started a podcast with him Within a month was getting 6,000 downloads. So, he was right out of the gate and um so he hired me because he's like, okay, I don't know the technical end, but I got to do this whole something three hundred one redirect, and can you help me? So I, I went through, and he was getting set up on Lipson, and I, you know, figured it out, got him all set up, and we got him changed over with as little as pain as possible. He didn't lose any subscribers and things like that. And I said, can you please come on the show and say this is what I happened? I didn't expect to get popular, and I did, and it caused me a big headache. And he's like, oh, I would love it. I'm like, yeah, we'll promote your show to be awesome. So that's just an example of I've said that numerous times. I'm just trying to get other people to say it now so that it's not just oh, okay yeah here's dave saying blog talk radio stinks we've all heard <laughs> me say that 400 times but uh you know so i do that and i just the thing now that people have been podcasting for a while i have a segment called because of my podcast and that's one of my favorite parts is when people say um i just had somebody tell me that they're going to record one where somehow Um, a family was grieving. Somebody had died and they listened to their podcast and they all somehow either laughed or it just like brought the family together. And I was like, man, that's really, really cool. Cause you don't think about that when you're, you're just talking into a microphone and you put it up and you hope somebody listens and you find out later that you really helped somebody in some way. So that's the kind of stuff I I put in there too. Um, I listen to other shows. So if I hear somebody on another podcast, I I call that the podcast rewind. And uh, so like I just heard where, um, Microsoft on the new media show is they do have a podcast app or they don't, but they got rid of the Zoom directory, which isn't really new news, but apparently wherever it was in Xbox, I guess, is now gone. Like they have a podcast app for other things, but they're they're moving all things around. So if I hear stuff like that, that's what's going on in the industry and things like that, I'll I'll throw that in my show. Yeah, I
1: think a lot of times you think that – Everything is being covered or everyone knows everything there is to know. And I think what you're I mean, you're definitely pointing out with so many people coming on board now, it's the help of the people who have been there and done that and, and fallen over and, and, and gone through the equipment nightmares who are there to provide the guidance for the people who are just kind of jumping in, feet first and saying oh I, I can figure this out and then they find out like uh the guest you had that uh, there's certain problems they hadn't anticipated and i think that's where a lot of the experience of of the folks who have been been doing this for some time comes into play and i i think it just it's there's more of a, of a need for folk, for for um the the veterans if you will
0: well, my favorite is when they say they want to go buy a microphone and it's they're going to get this condenser microphone. I'm like, hey, wait! I got a drawer full. You can you can, you can have one of mine. Enjoy picking up the sound of a pin falling in the background because uh, you know they're they're not always what they're cracked up to be. They are great. They pick up everything. The bad news is uh, they pick up everything. Yeah. So yeah, that makes things uh, a lot of fun that way. But um, and in, I've just seen it. It's kind of cool because sometimes now the the same idea is coming around. There's a, a company. Oh, I wish I could remember what their name was. aw oh, something. Alphon? Oh, not Aw-phonic. It's not Aw-phonic. It's audio. Here, let me see if I get in my my uh, history. But they're they're saying it's not only free media hosting. Hey, we'll pay you. You know, and um, audio audio audiometric.io. And I had some emails back and forth with the guys. I said, Hey, you need to go research Padango. I said because they did this back in two thousand eight. And I said, and they went out of business. I said, so, you know, hey, more power to you. Hope you can make this work. But I'm just letting you know it's been tried and true and, and uh it didn't work then and hopefully it'll work now. We'll see. So it's it's fun to see some of the things that failed before. I'm like, well let's let's see how the industry's changed now. Maybe this maybe it's its time.
1: Yeah, obviously there's there's ideas that just weren't right for their time, you know, insert the Newton or the Palm Pilot. <laughs> Any of those technologies, or the the I had a Creative Nomad MP3, which was like, wow, ah. this is this is this is like digital files. And the 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 moment I knew this was something close, when I was running in the, in the gym and I had it on, and it wasn't the the Walkman or the Discman, whatever yeah. it was at the time. Nothing was skipping. I was like, this is digital; it doesn't skip. It's awesome. Yeah. Just, these guys are going to make millions. And just you know, right right it. right idea, wrong time. So yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think you know, for, for the listener, it's even more important to to listen to a I think that just speaks to listening to a wide range of podcasts and not just whatever's hot right now or someone who just started podcasting because the I think the the history that you bring or um, you can see a lot of the things that have been tried before and you put your perspective on it and like like you said sometimes the technology changes and, and, and a, an idea that was brought out uh, years ago now might come out and now might work um, but you know, I'm I'm sure you've got a bit of skepticism when you see those things, especially things like free hosting.
0: Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind, I remember once when the whole patent troll thing came down, I wasn't going to talk about it on my show and because I'm like Cliff Ravenscraft already talked about it. My friend Daniel J. Lewis had already talked about it. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't want to think I'm copying them. I'm like, it's kind of in the news, but I'm sure everybody's heard it. And so uh, one of my listeners said, hey, Dave, I, I noticed you didn't talk about the the patent troll. And I just read about this. I didn't hear about your show. What's going on? And I'm like, well, you know, Daniel talked about it, and and, and uh, Ray probably talked about it too over at Podcaster Studio. And um, I said, I just didn't. You know, I'm assuming you're listening to their show, and they're like, no, I, I listen to you. You know, and not ag- nothing against those people, but you know, I listen to you. And it dawned on me that you know, here in the states, you know, you got what four big, uh, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, and and Fox. Let's say those big four. Every night they have the same. Everybody's like, okay, today there was a big fire in California or whatever. There was a a flood in Ohio or whatever. LeBron James came back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Whatever it is, they're all talking about it. So why do we have four different ones? Well, maybe you want to watch. I don't know, Katie Kirk or whoever's. I don't. I don't watch the news because it's. But you know, Dan Rather or whoever whoever's doing it, because maybe you like their style or maybe you like their hair or whatever. So you know, there's gonna be news out there, and so I just, at this point, I listen to other shows, but in the end, I'm like, I always go back to my audience, and I'm like, okay, would they be interested in this? And if they are, and somebody else has already talked about it on their show, well, that's fine, but I'm going to talk about it on my show, and I'm not going to assume that they're listening to all my, my quote, competition, because I'm assuming they're listening to me, and if this is good content, and this is what they want to hear, then I'll talk about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's whatever got you into podcasting is what sustains you um especially if it's the enthusiasm you you brought into it when when you when you started the show and and you felt like you had a different take on it uh, that's gonna come through in your your voice and and in your shows and in your enthusiasm and like you said you're gonna get like you could all be talking about the same thing but uh in the end, the people stay because they have sort a, a, a connection with the host
0: yeah it's everybody has their own style and their own presentation and you know, it's funny, I we were mentioning earlier before we hit record, you know, I was teaching PowerPoint today, and I got absolutely straight nines. That's as high as you can get on, from every single student. They're like, wow, this guy just rocks. And I, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a cool way to end the day. Well, last week I was someplace, and I only had two students, and they completely raked me over the coals. And, you know, I looked at them like I, I taught the class the exact same way. And you're going to connect with some people, and other people like, I don't know. This guy's a little weird. He's he's talking in a British accent in the middle of my PowerPoint class. What's what's up with that? So sometimes you connect with people and sometimes you don't. And that's OK. You know, as long as you don't get fired, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. You mentioned that you, you, you still like uh, doing the, the teaching because I'm i sure people have asked you, if hey, do, do you want to do podcasting full time? And if you had the opportunity to do it full time. But I, I think teaching is in your blood, right?
0: It just is. It's something I fell into. I uh, I was a copier technician. My original degree was in electronic engineering, and my dad was kind of a, a geek. He was a mechanic, and we had our whole basement was just filled with broken TVs. He was always tinkering and pulling out tubes and things like that, and I would go down and tinker, and I remember I fixed a radio and a couple other stuff, and I thought, oh, this would be cool to fix stuff, and then I went to school, became a technician, and I found out that if you're a technician, everybody you deal with is upset because their stuff is broke, and so after about two years of that, I was like, man, this is this is not what I thought it was going to be. And um, uh, my manager said, hey, we're we're thinking of creating this new position. We need somebody to go out and train people on how to run their office equipment because it was getting more and more complex. And you could go out and set it up, and and you seem to like to talk. You know, would you be interested in this? And I'm thinking, hey, if 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 it ain't broke, that sounds great. I'm awesome, and so that got me into that, and I actually trained uh, the office people so well, and it, it kind of is a little bit with like podcasting. I, I would create, I would dub somebody. You are the key operator of the, of the copier. And I had that connection with that person. And so the, um, the service calls came down because I had a better trained customer. And from there they go, do you know computers? And then that led to that. I did training in the newspaper industry. I would go around and train newspapers, how to run these big scanners that were the size of a, a sofa, you know? So, um, you know, I have just been teaching all sorts of different things all over the years. And it's always been some sort of technical thing. And something somehow it's tied to a computer. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And to me, it, it, when I when I have somebody walk in, like I had somebody today uh, in my class, she was just petrified. She's like, is everybody else? Is this like a beginner's class? And I'm like, yeah, you can't. This is as beginning as we're going to get. She's like, OK, because I'm I'm sure all the other people in the class are going to know more than I do. I'm like, no, it's okay. We're, we're going to start at zero and we're going to go to 50. It'll be cool. And she, at the end of the class was like, I'm so glad I took this class. I learned so much. And to me, that's just like dividends. I was like, she walked out productive and happy. She had fun, you know? So to me, that's, it's hard to, uh, do I get that from podcasting? Yeah. But the face to face connection is, is hard to, uh, hard to replace. So my, my goal, my goal might be in a, in the future, to swap right now i do uh i teach during the day and i do podcasting basically three nights a week and then a little bit on the weekends and i'd like to swap maybe a couple years get my debt paid down and um you know maybe teach at a college a couple classes here and then do more podcasting during the day and night so that's that's the plan then you can then you can teach about podcasting in college that's it. Uh, that's I'm actually looking into that. Actually, going back to where I, because uh, I, I eventually went back to school, I had to get a uh, teaching degree, and uh, I want to go back to. Uh, I, I graduated from Akron U, and in, uh, in Ohio, and I want to go back and say we need to teach podcasting here. So,
1: yeah, I, I can see. I mean, it just could be a, a regular thing, and, and in the same way people learn Microsoft Word, they just learn how to podcast, and everyone has that's their it. everyone has their pirate radio station.
0: Absolutely. I mean, well, you got people like uh, Rob Walsh, the the VP of uh, Podcast relations at Libsyn. His son is five and a half, and has a podcast. So yeah, I mean, if Porter can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> I mean, it helps when your dad's a podcaster, but yeah, that's
1: that's sort of uh, yeah. Sometimes you see those things, and uh, it's always going to happen with every generation and with every technology. Like you see the kid who's three years old with the iPad, and you're like, "Well, I I had couldn't even operate, you know, like a uh, VCR when I was <laughs> when I was that kid's age." But I think it's just a different learning curve right now. Um, and we're living in a, in a different world because the things that we thought were high-tech back then, you know, I, I, when I first got my Palm Pilot, I was, like, so excited. I'm like, look, it's a calendar, and, uh, and you could put and it's a, like a clock in a to-do list, and I could write with it, and it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I, I keep all that. Like, I have a, a box of uh, technology oh, yeah. my technology graveyard.
0: <laughs> I got one. I got a Sony Walkman. Yeah. I got a couple old Android phones behind me. I'm like, yeah, yeah you got to dust that stuff off. It's awesome.
1: So, uh, have you? You were talking about uh, support for folks uh, from like with technology. Have you ever seen the IT crowd? The IT crowd. It's an it's an English it's a British show. It was it, it only ran for like three or four seasons, and I think something about British shows. The only do, every every season for them is like six episodes or something. It's not like Walking Dead, like twenty six or thirteen episodes, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, it's hilarious. It's really really funny. I highly recommend it. I think the first two seasons are on uh, Netflix, and and it touches on that whole topic of like it, it's um, an IT help desk. So.
0: Uh, what's the name of it again? Is that it? Just it? It help? Yeah,
1: it? yeah. So, well, they call it the IT crowd, and but when you okay. when you when you look when you look at it, it's called the IT crowd. So, IT
0: crowd. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's the it.
1: guy. It's the Irish guy who's who was in Wedding Crashers. He was the policeman.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check. It drives my wife crazy because when I watch stuff from from England, I walk around the house just talking like this for the rest of the week. Right.
1: It's funny because I was listening to one of those shows where you had an English accent on. And I I recently came back from London. I had to uh, do something for for work. Um, And it's it's hilarious because I I, I went and a a friend of mine said, Hey, I've got an extra ticket to Monty Python. And I'm like, Monty Python, the farewell tour in London. I'm like, yeah, of course, sign me up. And I just had no idea what I was in for. I go there. It's like a a stadium of like 20,000 people like singing along to every song and, and they knew all the jokes and they're a, a, a treasure over there so it was, it was an it was an experience
0: Be, before i married my wife i said you have to watch um monty python and the holy grail she's like what i said you have to watch it i'm like if you can make it through that i'm like this is what you're getting into i think this is funny i think this is hilarious and the whole time she's like what you know i'm like no come on he, he cut off his leg it's funny then she's like you're weird i'm like well i'm just letting you know this is what you're getting into that's funny like a rite of passage. Yeah,
1: and uh, you're still married, then. Still married. I I had known for a while that I might have to do a solo episode, and I was sort of dreading it. And I was like, oh, what the heck am I going to talk about? Because I've heard some some good solo episodes, and some where people just just like you're literally like running out of things to talk about, and and it's just like trying to fill up the space. So um, I think for I was stuck for a moment, and then I rem- I remember that it was like, well, it's it's my show, and. I can try new things. It's not like anyone's going to shut my show down because <laughs> it's my show. So I think I just did an episode where I was just kind of walking around and checking out the site. Yeah.
0: I heard that. It was cool. It was like a sightseeing, too. I, yeah, could, I could hear the buses going by. It was cool.
1: Yeah. Try something new every once in a while.
0: Absolutely. And it breaks up kind of in the monotony. I mean, one of the things... If we go back to um, Howard Stern here in the States, right, one of the most – if you watch his movie, Private Parts, they say people that like Stern listen to like 15 minutes. Reason why, they want to see what's coming next. And then the people that hated Stern actually listened longer, and they said, well, why are they listening? They hate him. They go, they want to see what happens next. So I think if you can occasionally change it up without completely like, hey, it's the podcast show. Today we're going to talk about knitting. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work. But as long as you can keep on your topic and maybe approach it in a different way or a different style, uh, I think people will will kind of go. Oh, that was kind of different. Let's see what Dave's going to do this week.
1: Yeah, you did something like that with uh, the intro, right? Uh, a couple up couple episodes ago, where you were uh, what was it that you were doing? You were trying out like a, it wasn't your typical intro music.
0: Oh, <laughs> I um, I was doing a show because for me, I I like when people share stuff personally that applies to their topic. So if somebody said, Dave, how did you learn about audio? I could say, I run the sound system when I was uh, 16 at my church. That's basically how I learned. I, I sat behind the guy. This is a fun story. Well, fun and sad. I sat behind the guy and watched him turn the knobs and literally that week after he left, he dropped dead and they went, all right, Dave, you're the dude. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll learn how to turn knobs. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't mind stories that, that tie in, but when I tune in to hear, you know, you have this you know, how to make a million dollars in five minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to hear this. And then I got to hear how you hate Bob Seger for 17 minutes. I did an episode without any music, and I just I uh, pulled out my guitar because I'm like, hey, I'm, let, let's talk about me. And I, I just turned on I, – I kind of put on a persona of just let's be obnoxious and let's just – it's all about Dave. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm, this thing's – I plug my guitar into my iPhone. Look, and, and and iPhone's kind of like a podcast, so I just kept playing it, and it worked because uh, Elsie uh, from um, The Feed – she sent me a thing and said, that was hilarious because you cannot believe how frustrated I was getting that you wouldn't get to the point. I go, there you go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, and, um, yeah, so I just did that. And people are like, it was funny because some people said, well, that was really frustrating. Good point. Oh, by the way, you're a really good guitar player. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. So it let people see a side of me that I normally don't do. But I also did that to kind of prove a point. And then I, um, I went to Fiverr. I'd heard so many people say you can find really good stuff at Fiverr. Which is kind of true, but man, you have, you have to search through the, the, the haystack to find the uh, needle. And so I had this guy with this huge, deep voice, and he, um, I forget what I originally asked him to, to say. And then at the end, he threw in the man, the myth, the legend, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm definitely using that. So I threw that into this episode. And every time I said anything, it was, it was preceded by this big sports music. And now here's Dave Jackson. So it was just a fun way to show the point that, hey, in the end, it's, it's really not about me. It's about the, the listener. And so, again, just an entertaining way to, uh, to prove a point. I think that was the episode
1: or the one before where you were uh, talking about how much of a fan you are of Chit Chat.
0: Yes, <laughs> basically, uh, I had Cliff Ravenscraft on, who's actually a friend of mine, and Cliff is kind of the the king of chit chat at times. And um, I just brought him on the show because at first, I think the week before, I kind of mentioned his show, but I didn't mention him in the name. And I'm like, well, this is dumb because everybody listens to my show, probably listens to Cliff, and they know who I know that you know that I know. And I'm like, well, this is dumb. I yeah, know you're,
1: you're you're being around the bush. You're like, so this is a is a is a podcaster that's really famous and. Uh- first letter C and
0: (laughs) 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 it rhymes with Avon's craft. Yeah. So I just sent email, uh, to Cliff. I go, Cliff, Hey buddy. Hey, I'm, I'm talking about this on my show and I don't know if you're aware of this, but like, you know, 20% of your show was you recabling your house. And I'd like to, you know, obviously you're a smart guy. He's a friend of mine. I said, so you know, what are you seeing from your side of the fence? Are you getting really positive feedback from that? So he shared some stories on how he had, had people who had lost weight and, and things like that by sharing stories. So, yeah, he's a good guy. So uh, we just brought him on, and and it's not that I hate chit-chat. I mean, I actually do a little chit-chat on, on most of my shows. It's just I, I'm not making that up. I once listened to a podcast, and for 17 minutes they talked about how they hated Bob Seeger. And I really was like – I want to hear, like, you advertise, you're going to talk about this, and I kept hitting next, next, you know, skip, 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 and they're like, and then he did, you know, old-time rock and roll, and I'm like, next, 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 and I hate him, he can't sing, and I'm like, get to the point, you know. It so. wasn't it wasn't a podcast about Bob Seger, then? No, it was not. <laughs> no, it was something like techie, you know, like yeah. website stuff, and I'm like, okay, I get it, you hate Bob Seger, next, you know. You know, in a way, that's one of the downsides maybe of doing a solo podcast is you don't have somebody there giving you immediate feedback of okay, let's move on and continue on. But that's for me when I do a solo podcast, I always have some sort of notes in front of me to like okay, here's what I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna say about this. Here's my main point that I want people to take away from. And, and then from there, and it's always funny because the minute I start talking, you know, tangents come into your head. And you think, oh, you know what? I should say this or that. And the creativity starts to flow. And that's where you have your fun little tangents. And I leave those in most of the time.
1: Do you think, uh, have you heard folks that, that do it well, that, that can carry a show pretty well on their own?
0: Um, I think Mark Maron. I, I know a lot of people um, are not fans of his little intro thing that's one of the things I tune in for. I'm like, I remember when he lost his cat, I was like, you know, is Boomer back yet? You know? Um, so, and he's just, you know, he's just revealing stuff about his life and he, he usually doesn't make it too long. You know, he's kind of, here's what's going on. And he's in a way it's therapy half the time. It's kind of a therapy session. I'm trying to think of other podcasts that I listen to. Um, I listen to, uh, a friend of mine, his name is Eric K. Johnson does the podcast talent coach. And he's, You know, talking about how to make better content and engaging stuff. And it's solo, and it sounds like he's just talking to me and giving some hints. And he's a good guy that that will throw in a a story to help illustrate whatever point he is. So you kind of learn about his life through, you know, the one time he was doing this, and his manager did this and that, and that's why he did this. And it ties back to your original point. You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool.
1: And how how about uh, on the flip side of that, folks that uh, you've heard that uh, just consistently do good interviews?
0: Well, again, Mark Maron is a, another guy that uh, – there are times when I have no idea who his guest is. And I'm like, oh, is this another comedian that needs a hug from his dad? You know, uh, But he somehow pulls it off. Um, uh, Nick Suberling um, does a podcast on and off um, called Start Talking and Recording Today. I loved Nick's interviews because he was – Taking people and instead of talking about gear and microphones, you know, I learned all sorts of about, about uh, Ray Ortega, who's over at the the Podcaster's Roundtable and Podcaster Studio. And I didn't know Ray was a cop and he did all this stuff. And uh, so that I love the fact that he was taking a different slant at it. So I'm trying to think of other interview podcasts that I listened to. Um, the New Media Show with Todd Cochran and um, Rob Greenlee, They have great they have great guests and they both have a wide view of the whole podcasting space. So they usually have um it's it's a combination of of great questions, great guests and then just this huge 10,000 foot overview and they're going to break off a crumb and say here I, I bet you didn't know this and it's like, "Oh, cool. All right, that, that's pretty cool." So, but yeah, that's it's kind of funny because I can't think I was trying to think if there are any podcasts I listen to that don't like, if they're not good, and I thought about it, I'm like, well, if they're not good... You're not listening to me anymore. That's it, you're, you're done. So, like, I've I've started to tune out of some of the comedians, because they are kind of just, oh, on this week's show, Adam Carolla, really shocking, okay. You know, and I like Adam Carolla, but there comes a time when they're interviewing, you know, Marsha Pittsman, and I'm like, who? Because I, I just made that name up. And, you know, yeah, I've just never heard of them, and I'll, I'll give them a little bit, but after a while, it's it's the whole, yeah, my I, my dad didn't hug me, and, you know, so I moved, and I started doing acting, and like, okay, I think I've heard this. And in the end, it just, it was a case where I'm like, okay, that didn't make me laugh, it didn't make me cry, it didn't, you know, it's an hour that I can't get back, so. Someone who had a, a really, has an
1: interesting podcast, it's off camera, I don't know if you've heard of it, but he's, he's a photographer, and then he started interviewing the people he was uh, photographing. And I think he only does one or he doesn't do it that often. But he recently had Sarah Silverman on, and uh, you know, I I, I thought I kind of had an idea of who she was, and you know, mm-hmm. her, her her personality obviously is a is a big part of who she is. But uh, I learned a lot from that one, so I thought that one was pretty interesting. Um, and I think just his unique take on it—the fact that he's not a comedian interviewing her—gets he gets, uh, out some different different gems from, different from a from, Yeah, from a guest like that.
0: I really liked Alex Baldwin's when he had, uh, it was on some New York station. I can't remember the name of it, but Alec Baldwin had a podcast and he interviewed people like Letterman and Billy Joel oh, and it was yeah. basically his friends. And it was just, it again, it wasn't like, so tell me about the, mu- the movie you're in or let's plug your record or whatever. And those, those awesome, great, you know, two minute interviews that we get on, you know, Jimmy Fallon and, and, and I love Jimmy Fallon, but I mean, people are there to plug and it's not really in depth. So I love that. And it was just, very conversational, but yet at the time super produced. They had all this cool jazz music that yeah. was made in, and, and of course it's it's Alec Baldwin doing Alec Baldwin. You know when I talked to David Letterman, he was you know that whole nine yards. Like, wow. Well, it's funny because it, I
1: can't I can't think of uh, li- I can listen to Alec Baldwin on a podcast without thinking of that Saturday Night Live skit.
0: That's it. <laughs> yeah, My <shady> I, <laughs> <be> sweaty
1: balls. sweaty balls. <laughs> Uh, and I think what, um, when we're talking about guests having repetitive on, and we had touched upon it earlier, it becomes a bit of a challenge because in the beginning, like you said, when it was the comedy wave, it was they started all the comedians started interviewing each other, and now with like the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial wave, I hate that word, uh, you you have all the entrepreneurs interviewing each other and and I got to the point where I would see the name and I kind of had an idea that I I would know what it's about and like you said I I would give him a shot and you know lo and behold they're talking like about the same exact thing they talked about on three previous shows
0: yeah I I had the privilege of interviewing Pat Flynn and I have not nowhere near have I done any kind of prep that I did for that because I didn't want to do another Pat Flynn interview because it's always like, Hey, it's Pat Flynn. He loves his kids. He's such yeah. a nice guy. And I was like, all right. Like I asked him, I'm like, how long did it take you to become Pat Flynn? Like, that's a good And he's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, so we talked about his brand and, and some other things. And, uh, I try to make it kind of not your typical Pat Flynn. But on the other hand, you want to ask him like, wow, you made $86,000 last month. How did you do that? You know, and in that whole nine yards and, uh, it's just amazing cuz he's another guy that you you're never going to out Pat Flynn. Yeah. Uh being Pat Flynn. It's just what you hear is what you get and uh super nice guy and will just share anything you want and um so it was but that was one where I was like how can I not do the typical kind of Pat Flynn interview and it's it's kind of tough sometimes. So I went around and listened and I it's funny cuz um I forget the one question, but it was somehow I think he gets used to answering the same question. Yeah. So I, I remember I asked him one and he, he kind of gave me the answer that didn't really answer the question, but it was kind of like one of his default answers. I'm like, oh, I got to gotta get something in here to, to bring it back kind of off track and, and let's go into new territory. So,
1: You feel like uh, you succeeded in that when, when you were interviewing him?
0: I, I was pretty happy with it at the end of it. Yeah, I remember thinking, I haven't really listened to it yet. Uh, one of the things I like to do is, if I have the time, put an interview, like, a little time between me. I either do one of or, or two things. If it went like, wow, that's going to need some editing, I'll do it right after the interview because I can remember the interview. But in his case, I, I kind of put it aside. I'll put, like, a week between me and the interview so I can listen to it with fresh ears and just uh, – it's, it's weird – again, if we get into me being kind of an editing freak, mm-hmm. you know, I listen for things like, did I ask him a question that he said no? Because in the end, that's not very helpful unless yeah. it was something that other people should know not to do that. Uh, and I just start going through and, and um, just listening to it again, thinking, okay, you know, is Harry going to find this useful? I thought I thought that was cool, but is Harry going to find it cool? Yeah. And, and kind of listening through that, and, and then I'll um, I usually, I don't try to cut out something. It's not like I have to cut out something, but I usually just listen for, and then, you know, in this case, in the middle of it, I was listening to Pat and I got so enthralled with his answer that I I completely, when it was time to ask him a new question, I was like, okay, hold on a second. I got to find <laughs> something to say. And I'm like, all right, that's going to yeah. get cut out. I might leave it in. Who knows? I'll probably, that'll probably be a blooper that I put at the end of the show.
1: Yeah. it's a, In essence, you're trimming the fat, but I think what you're doing is also, you're respectful of your listeners' time and you want them to get as much value out of the episode. So that, that's an interesting point because normally when someone has an interview, they just don't think about the fact that the question that was asked didn't get the desired response. And it, it, the fact that they just said, like you said, no, is really not adding value to the conversation. And there's so much other, other things that you could leave in there that would be more valuable. And, and I think that's what you're focusing on.
0: Yeah, if it's something that I ask, you know, were there any uh, projects that you put together that, that didn't work? Well, if he said no, I'm like, well, all right, well, that's nothing. That's, no, we're not going to learn anything from that. Like, he's the golden boy. Now, the cool thing is he actually had a long list of things that just fell on their face. So uh, that was cool because we, we kind of hear about, you know, John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn and, and Mark Mayer and all these guys that are, you know, having success. But there are stories behind the the scenes. I'm writing an article for Pottertainment Magazine. I'm going to compare podcasting to golf because I'm not much of a golfer. But when I, my brother and I used to go once a year. We called it the, the Jackson Open, and he would just beat the pants off of me. But you have the the tees from, I guess it's the men's tees, and then you have the, the women's tees that are a few yards ahead. And it's the fact that some people don't start from the same spot. And so, if you look at the people who are making money with podcasts, and we talked about Cliff Ravenscraft, um, you know John Lee Dumas, um, um, oh, I can see her face, uh, the eventual millionaire, Jamie she Tardy, Jamie Tardy, um, Jason Van Orden is another person. These people that that really, in many cases, had no debt. Um, I was listening to an interview with um, John on the Money Plan SOS podcast. I had no idea. The guy had six figures in the bank when he started his podcast. Yeah. Well, no wonder he was able to quit his job. <laughs> Holy cow. And that's where I go, man, that guy's hitting from the tees a little f- closer to the hole than where I started from. And so that's the point I'm going to be making in this article is sometimes we're trying to hit a hole in one, and somebody else may have a little easier shot. And so you're going to have to work a little harder and swing a little harder maybe to uh, to hit the hole. And um, so – I forget what my original point was, but that's something where when we uh, when we look at the people that are having success, you need to look at okay, let's see. I'm I'm married with 15 kids. I work four jobs, but I want to get that guy's success. Yeah, not going to happen. There's a little different. You're not playing from the same field. I guess is what I'm going for.
1: Yeah, interestingly enough, um, Elsie in her new podcast covered that with uh, I forgot who her co-host is, but uh, on she I think it's she podcasts. But she had posted something about it. I think in a in a Facebook post. And, you know, they're targeting just women podcasters, but I'm like, that that topic is interesting, because they're they're talking about, um, I think, uh, Ramit Sethi, and then they were talking about uh, John Lee Dumas as well, so I found that episode really entertaining.
0: Yeah, I love that show. I love, uh, Elsie's a great person, and I'm looking forward to meet uh, Jessica uh, at Podcast Movement.
1: Yeah. So... What has got you excited about stuff that's coming up on the horizon? Like you said, we've probably got an- another new wave coming up with the the inclusion uh, of the podcast app on iOS. But uh, what, else, what else has uh, got you interested?
0: Well, right now, I'm in the process of redesigning. About every, I would say probably three years, I kind of redesigned the School of Podcasting. When I first started, everything I found on podcasting, I put in the School of Podcasting. And then the running joke became, the great news about the school podcasting is it has everything you need. The bad news is it has everything you need. So I went back and, and kind of skimmed the, the, the line and said, look, if you're on a tight budget, here's the track. If you have a little budget, here's the track. And if you have no money's no option. Here you go. Enjoy your high pr 40 and, and go that route. And so um, I found a new script that I'm going to be using for my website that's geared for people that do classes. And so what I'm doing now is not bad. I just looked at it and went, ooh, this could be just a little more tailored for what I am. If I want to, I can actually have quizzes and tests and things like that. But it's also going to allow me to sell my classes uh, kind of um, buffet style. You know, you can sign up for the membership site. Or if you just need the the session on how to make money with your podcast, here you go kind of thing. So I'm excited about that. Um, I have so many ideas. That's the whole thing. Like I have a, a website idea called podcast bookings that's going to connect people like authors and people that need publicity hmm. with podcasters um that i found a really cool script for it's a dating script yeah but but instead of i'm a you know single white male looking for a young female collie or whatever it is uh you know you it would be i'm a podcaster that does sports i'm looking for you know whatever kind of thing so it's gonna yeah. i'm gonna tweak a dating script and make it for for podcasting um what's what's the worst idea you ever had Worst idea I've ever had. I did the podcast. uh, What was it? The podcast promo show Mm -hmm. from uh, from PodcastClicks.com. PodcastClicks.com is still around. It's just a a banner exchange service for for podcasters. But what was horrible about it? And and this was back. I don't know. Probably 2007. Everybody was making promos for their show. I'm not sure why that kind of went away, but uh, people still do. But back in the day, this was like the rage. But the problem was, I had no control over my content. It was, you know, I played one promo a day. It was like a quick two-minute podcast, but I had no control. And when the promos went away, I was like, Yo, okay, now what do I do? And um, so that one came, went, and was. And, and plus some of the promos were just, wow, bad. You know, yeah. and I put my name on it, and I'm like, yeah. And so it was like, yeah, that's the end of that one. Um, I've talked about this one before. My wife and I did a show called The Dates from Hell Show and we had about enough content for about 3 episodes and after that it was like yeah okay well, that's that's the end of that one i did the customer service show because i was going to position myself as as joe customer service guy because i've actually uh, i worked as a customer service person as i was doing training yeah. and and was always into that and kind of the same thing. I just sound like a grumpy old guy after a while. Like episode four. We went to Longhorn and they didn't do this. And uh, what have what ha- these kids in a day don't know? It's like, oh, it's ridiculous. So, you know, not everything I do turns to gold. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you try it, and you see it and you go, all right. So I'm always, uh, I think every podcast is a um, a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of do it. We get feedback and like, oh, okay. I got a guy tell me today, if you play that clip about uh, listen three times with the music, he goes, that's just like nails on a chalkboard, man. I don't know where you came up with that. Please don't play that again. And I'm like, all right, I got that. You know, it's it's just one listener, but yeah. all right. I don't want don't to put nails on a chalkboard. So we all tweak, we listen, get feedback. And, and that's just really goes back to the whole training thing. You basically, you design a class to accomplish something, and you put your students through it. And at the end, can they accomplish whatever they're supposed to? And if they can't, you go back and you listen to what, okay, where, where what are you missing? And then you go back and you create the curriculum to better connect with your students so that they can form the task. And you just, the last part of that is is—is always evaluate. And then you take the evaluation and put it back into the class. And in theory, the class gets better and better. And in this case, the podcast gets better and better. Spoken like
1: a, a true teacher.
0: That's it. It's that whole teaching thing I do.
1: It's in your blood.
0: Yeah. What
1: I think is really interesting what I, uh, that is different in your podcast is that you actually take... Uh, co- you insert commentary into your show, and this must be an editing nightmare. But you go back and you pull snippets of episodes. You did it with one, one of my shows, and you make commentary on it. And then you you pull in a, a, another snippet relative to the topic you're talking about. That must take a lot a, a lot of work. And ha- were you always doing that?
0: No, I used to do an uh I do an interview. I'd go through and, and grab the golden nuggets. It would be one file, and I'd say, "And here's my my show. You know, here's my talk with with Harry from Podcast Junkies." And I would I would then record another segment that said, "Hey, wasn't that a great interview, man? That Harry, he's a great guy. You can find him over at PodcastJunkies.com." And I would record my response based on what I heard like 10 minutes ago when I was editing or whatever. And I was listening to Michael Hyatt. I'm a big fan of his books and his podcast. And I noticed the one day he said something about, we'll talk about this after the break. Mm -hmm. And he, and he played something and like left. And I was like, I wonder if people like, it's like, Hey, you sit here and listen to this interview. I'm going to go, I don't know, get a Coke. And so I just started um, listening to it with people. And then as I was listening to it, it was almost like a director's cut where I'm like, Oh, I should have said this here. Or, Oh, did you get that? That was a really good point. And so I just started doing that. And I had more people like, that's hilarious that you're doing that. And I, I love to hear you get fired up. And so I went, well, it takes, you know, three times as much time. Cause instead of just dragging the file in, I'm now listening to that with you, Yeah. but that's kind of part of it. I went, well, this is cool because now we're listening to it together and I got, a lot of of positive feedback when i started doing that and i had one person said one thing they liked about it is at least at this point aside from i guess radio lab um, not a lot of people have that style and i'm like well i didn't know i was doing anything unique i was just you know pressing pause and saying here did you hear that write that down that's good So yeah it it definitely adds more time to the the podcast but when i got a, a fair amount of people saying that was really cool i like when you do that that i went all right i guess we're going to keep doing this then
1: so yeah that that's that's one of my favorite things about the show the fact that you're inserting that live commentary because you Sometimes you hear a, a nugget, if you will, on on a podcast. You're like, "That's interesting," but the fact that you're almost confirming it and saying, "Did you? No, no, but did you really hear that?" Because because you guys you guys kind of you do some effects. I think you did a rewind effect or something like that one time, or something where you you make it a point that it's it's a nugget of information, and and just people should pay it more attention.
0: What's funny is I did one in my last episode. I interviewed uh, uh, this guy from uh, the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll show, and I I hit pause and made a point. And I'm like, so that's really, really cool, or whatever I said. And when I hit unpause, I, in the interview, said the exact same point. And I'm like, all right, there's edit point number two. We'll take that out because I'm repeating myself. I'm like, apparently I really thought that was a good idea twice.
1: It's it's a unique aspect to your show, and uh, folks should definitely listen and and Folks who haven't listened should definitely uh, check you out because I, I think it's it's one of the things that makes your show uh, special and stand out.
0: Thank you. That's, uh, it's always good to have feedback.
1: Um, so as we get into the home stretch here, what 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 or who is uh, currently inspiring you? You know, if it's someone you, you you may not have touched on already.
0: Boy, that's a great question. Um, really, my competition in a weird kind of way. Um, one of the reasons I like Ray Ortega from the Podcaster Studio and Podcaster's Roundtable and Daniel J. Lewis is those guys, I listen to their show, Eric K. Johnson is another guy from uh, the um, podcasttalentcoach.com, and I remember when Ray found this cool microphone preamp that plugs in and it gives you like this awesome sound, and I was like, how did he find that? I've never heard of that. What a! It was such the nugget. So I love listening to those guys because when they put out a really good show, there's part of me that's like wow, that was a good show and I'm I'm really glad I know that, but I'm also kind of like, all right, well, how can I do something that's going to make him go, all right, I got to outdo Dave now. So it's a, it's a friendly kind of competition kind of thing. Um, so those guys always are kind of pushing me in terms of interviews. I, I, I do a lot of things where just things in life. I'm like, I try to reverse engineer everything I do. Mm -hmm. So if I watch, a Jimmy Fallon sketch on YouTube, or or if I go to a, uh, I went to a, a Christian rock concert uh, from a band called Casting Crowns, and the guy was just hilarious. His in song banter, and he gave this behind the scenes stuff of his songs. That I was like, okay, why was that good? Because I walked out and I'm like, man, that was a, that was one of the best shows I've seen in a while. I'm like, let's see, personal stories, behind the scenes stuff they found a sponsor that really fits their audience cuz in the middle they have this whole thing about sponsoring a child and blah 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 and it was really informative and, and and cool but not too long you know but on the other hand the guy and it was stuff you couldn't get someplace else like at one point the guy came out in the audience and just started handing out cards i'm like wait a minute you're you're the guy on the stage and now you're like 4 feet from me so Anytime I really enjoy something, I try to go, okay, why did I like that? What, what was that that, you know, maybe made me laugh or made me think. If you can make me think, oh, I'm your friend for life. Uh, so anything like that, and I kind of reverse engineer it. And I also do the exact same thing if I don't like a show. You know, if I listen, if I go to a movie, man, movies are, there are times you're like, man, I spent 40 bucks yeah. and I got nothing. You know, and then I'm like, okay, well, why? Well, because it was cliche. It wasn't very original. It was a romantic comedy, and in the end, they get together. You know, kind of. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of those movies that kind of throw you for a loop at the end. And you're like, what?
0: Yeah, like we were gonna go see the movie Lucy uh, that just came out oh, yeah. with, with with Morgan Freeman, right? right? He does the movie, and he's, uh, and I just was gonna get it because I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, but it just it wasn't your typical movie that I was like, all right, cool. I was like what? I forget her name.
1: Scarlett Johansson. Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm like, yeah, she's not, you know, it's not really hard to watch her on a screen. And uh, my stepson wanted to see it, and we didn't get to it, but anytime I can get something kind of outside the box, uh, I'm always willing to give it a shot as opposed to, well, it's going to be a late-night talk show where they interview celebrities about their movies and music. Like, oh, wow, I've never heard of that before. Interesting concept. Yes, it's a daily podcast. Uh, They're going to interview entrepreneurs about their struggles and, you know, like, okay, so, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm tempted it's a, w- whether to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, or
0: it's a it's a comedy show. He's a he's a comedian. He's going to interview other comedic friends. So, but on the other hand, there's obviously an audience for that. So,
1: yeah, I think people just need to pay attention to when it's happening so much that you can almost predict what people are going to do, or you sort of know like who they're copying because they yeah. ask the same questions, and then they have the lightning round, and then they. They do the Stranded Island question and then yes. the favorite ice cream question. And
0: <laughs> well, I, I, probably one show I, I really, I've been listening to a long time is, uh, have you ever heard of the No Agenda Show?
1: It sounds familiar. I don't think yeah, I've listened to it, though.
0: It's noagendashow.com. It's actually Adam Curry, who's one of the guys that invented podcasting along with this uh, tech writer named John C. Dvorak. And they completely – the cool thing is they have a global audience. And so it's – well, you were just in London. It's amazing how when you get British slant on American story, Mm -hmm. you're like, whoa, this isn't Fox News or it's not ABC or whatever. So they get all sorts of input on stories. And the reason they call it no agendas, they're not really Republicans, they're not Democrats, they're just looking at the facts basically. And so part of it is – it sounds a little conspiracy theorist, but not so much where it's like crazy. But when you, you get stories from the New York Times, and then you cross-reference it with this and this over here, and, and they'll play the clips from different stories. Yeah. And, and they they say they deconstruct the media. And there are times when you're like, wow, I never realized how much of my news is a giant commercial. Yeah. You know, when when it's General Electric who owns you know, NBC and they're doing a story about how great trains are and the planes are bad. And you're like, wait a minute, who makes trains again? Oh, that's right. General Electric. So it's a really cool show. And then it goes back to, again, there's something that unfortunately we can't get anyplace else. And the fact that they have people donate thousands of dollars to them every single episode. Awesome. So I was like, wow, okay. So I've been listening to those guys for a while. So it's always fun to hear how they kind of they they've been doing the same show, but they kind of mix it up a little bit. They have different skits, and they have again, it's another, it's a in one hand a boring news show, but they play tons of sound clips, and they have people sending stuff in, and it makes it entertaining, and it moves. It's a long show; it's like sometimes two hours, wow. and and normally I'm not a two hour kind of podcast kind of guy. But they do it in an entertaining way, and the poor uh, John C. Dvorak can't pronounce any kind of European name to save his life. So it's always funny. He's like, and this email is from, you know, Sven. Just this thing. Yeah. So that's always kind of entertaining. So yeah, that's that's a show I listen to a lot.
1: I, I'm definitely going to date myself, but he's the he used to write for PC Magazine. Yes. Yes. So yes, I he, do know yeah. that. Name. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that just shows sure, sure about how old I am. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up because we could uh, apparently talk uh, for about another hour on. Uh, oh <laughs> all, yeah, all things podcast, which is a good thing, but uh, maybe we'll have you back and then just find some other things to rant about.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, well we'll definitely have to connect at uh, uh, podcast movement.
1: Yes, I'm looking forward to that.
0: That'll be a lot of fun,
1: and uh, we can all let our our freak flag fly.
0: Absolutely, and uh, and for the record, uh, my favorite ice cream is strawberry.
1: Okay, duly, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> So, uh, folks want to track you down and stalk you online? Absolutely. Where where should they go?
0: Schoolofpodcasting.com. That's uh, that's it. If you want to stalk me on Twitter, I'm at LearnToPodcast. Yeah.
1: And Dave loves to be stalked.
0: I do. Come stalk me, please.
1: All right, uh, Mr. Jackson, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a blast, and it was just as entertaining as I I thought it would be. So, uh, thanks again.
0: Well, thanks for having me.
1: So as you'll notice, as we get towards the second half of that, I definitely uh, put the kibosh on trying to jump in there with uh, commentary, with every little tidbit that came to mind. I uh, just wanted to get a feel for it in the first half. Hope you enjoyed it. It's something that I'm probably going to sprinkle in uh, to some of the other podcasts. But like I uh, mentioned earlier, it definitely is uh, a bit of work to do. But it's it's fun, too. It, it makes, you, uh, makes you think a bit more about the content and what other examples you can you can um, bring in, um, what other sounds, music, uh, snippets, uh, past interviews. It's really an open book, and you can almost go with it where you want. So you probably have to uh, make sure you don't let it get out of hand, or else you'll just be sticking in samples left and right. So... Dave was incredibly entertaining and I'm always inspired to talk to people who've been doing this for such a long time and who bring a fresh spin onto things and and who continue to show an enthusiasm for podcasting. So I hope, uh, again, you enjoyed it. I think I always say that, but I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do, as much as I did. Today's musical outro is always, but it's actually written with two Vs. And the track is called uh, Archie, Marry Me. So it's sort of a California, 60s rock feel, um, but they're actually straight out of uh, Toronto. So it's an interesting selection from uh, Cedar and Soil, and I hope you enjoy it.